Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your hosts, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Cooney. Now, crank it up. Hollywood is another year comes to an end that can mean only one thing. And that means that we start off a new year with our best of 2022. This happens to be one of my favorite moments of the year because not only do we share a lot of great rock and roll that came out throughout the year, but I like to see everybody else's list because normally I usually find two or three things that got missed. How about you? Uh, yeah, I like to see everybody else's list too, and we haven't shared our own list, so I have no idea what's going to be in your top 10. You don't have an idea of what's going to be on mine, but I just listened to Cobras and Fire and their top fives, and dude, I ain't even heard of 80% of the bands they talked about. Well, I know that they threw me under the bus and said that at least 10 of my records of my top 10, so basically all my records would be from Frontiers Records. 
I'm happy to say they were sadly mistaken because once we get into our top 10, I think there's one record maybe from Frontiers that's in my top 10. The rest are not. So there you go. Covers and fire. That's not me. All of my 16 are. So there you go. <laughs> All of your 16, but it's a top 10 list. <laughs> Yeah, but the six that missed were all Frontiers, too. So I'm 16 for 16. All right, cool. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. It's whatever floats your boat. So, you know, we get into these top 10 every year, and every year there seems to be these, really, that's in your top 10? Or really, that didn't make your top 10? And we'll get into the criteria that each one of us approaches or uses to approach these top 10, because I think it's different for both of us and it's probably different for everybody. But like all other Grown Up Rock episodes, before we get too deep in the sticks with this top 10, our favorite top 10 of 2022, you know we got to do this. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. All right, so tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight is going to be, well, not one, but two bands that just missed our top 10. I hit Sonny up and I said, hey, why don't we share a band that maybe just missed our top 10 and share a song from that band? And he was up for the challenge. So why don't you take it away, Sonny? Tell us about your Crank It Up New Music Spotlight that just missed your top 10. Yeah, so mine, it was ranked 14th when I had to cut it down to 10. But it's a band called Kings of Mercia. And it's their debut album. And normally, the minute I see they're on Metal Blade Records, I'm like, eh, that's not really a Sonny pick. So I remember hearing the song uh, that I'm going to play for you. And I'm like, why do I like that song? Like they're on metal blade. Why the hell are they on metal blade? If they're melodic? Well, the reason they're on metal blade is because two of the band members, Jim Matheos, who's the guitar player and Joey Vera, who's the bass player are both from fate's warning and fate's warning is most likely on metal blade. So that's how Jim and Jim's a, a, a founder of fate's warning. So most likely that's how they got the deal. Believe it or not. I do like some fate's warning. If people are like, really, he likes fate's warning. Yeah, that's true. And then Simon Phillips is playing drums from Toto. But then when I heard the vocal, I'm like, wait, I've heard that vocalist before. And it's a great vocal. And it's Steve Overland from FM doing the vocal. So check out Kings of Mercia with Wrecking Ball.
so that's a cool tune. I've never heard of this band, but it's interesting that you chose this band and this song for your Crank It Up New Music Spotlight because, in a way, it ties to my Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. So my Crank It Up New Music Spotlight is by a band called A to Z or A-Z. And I heard about this band through one of the Facebook groups. Somebody posted something. And whenever somebody talks highly about a band, I usually just go quickly check out that band and see whether I like it. Sure enough, I pulled up the record on Spotify, breezed through it and said, yeah, this is kind of cool. I'm going to spend a little bit more time with it. So A to Z is a band that reunites Fate's Warning vocalist Ray Alder with former Fate's Warning drummer Mark Zonder. So we got the whole Fate's Warning crew. Basically. So the A to Z is obviously Alder to Zonder. And the album cover kind of intrigues me. I kind of like it. It's a it's a sort of a close-up of a zebra head with an apple in its mouth. Get it? A to Z. Yeah. So I kind of like it. Check out this song called Trial by Fire.
Yeah, so that song's got a cool riff. Dude, he sounds like a Jolyn Turner, just raspier. Because I would have put money on that was Jolyn Turner. Yeah, I definitely hear that. I think one of the things that intrigues me with this song, I like the riff a lot, but I really, really like some of the drumming that happens in this song and on this album as a whole. There's a lot of things within this record that remind me a little bit of Toto, a little bit of Journey, a little bit of just melodic rock. There's some really great playing within this album. And uh, there's a lot of songs on this record that I like. This record, I don't know if it fell just outside my top 10, but definitely it was probably in my top 15. And uh, it's sort of a late comer for me on the year. Yeah, it's interesting that these four Fate's Warning guys do albums that are melodic rock because not all of Fate's Warning is like melodic rock. It's more like power metal. Yeah. So that's why it's usually hit and miss for me. But both of these songs I loved. And if it's like, if they got that in, why don't they just put that on a Fate's Warning record? Well, Fate's Warning is one thing and they got, you know, outside projects that are another thing. And But I mean, that's completely true. Fate's Warning has been around forever. And I was a Fate's Warning fan a while back. I finally got to see him live for the first time when they opened for Queensryche last year. Oh, I've seen them live tons of times because they played the Bay all the time. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't live in the Bay, unfortunately. <laughs> so, so, no, those are t- that's two good songs, a really, really good song. Yeah, so definitely check out those bands. A to Z, the song for me, it's a lead-off song on that record. is called Trial by Fire. And for Sonny, uh, Wrecking Ball by Kings of Mercia. And both those records, how is the rest of that Kings of Mercia record good? Oh, it's good stuff. Cause there's another uh, song on there. I could have played Humankind. I could have played Is It Right? Okay. There's some really good stuff on there. Like it, it seriously had a shot in my top 10. Yeah, I did check out this song you played, but I didn't check out the rest of the record. So uh, it's something that I'll throw on my up next list because I got a bunch of records in my up next list. <laughs> so, all right. Well, let's get on with the show. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. Okay, so I'm going to share my 1098. And what's interesting (laughs) is I was joking that all of mine were Frontiers, but my 1098 are my three Frontiers records, (laughs) which is very interesting. Okay, so my number 10, I'm going to go with Striper. They released their 14th studio album called The Final Battle. We talk a lot about Striper around here because, well, we love Striper. This album is just as heavy, guitar riffy, excellent vocal as their last three or four albums. And if you haven't heard Striper in a while, I can tell you, this ain't like calling on you. This isn't honestly. They're much heavier nowadays. Uh, My favorite songs on this album are Transgressor, Rise to the Call, and Near. And Near is a little more mid-tempo, but Transgressor, man, that is an opening track that will punch you in the head And I swear to God, Michael sounds amazing on this album. And the band just has like an energy that they're still like in their 30s. So the album's great if you haven't heard it. Hey, guys, this is Michael Sweet from Striper. And you are listening to the Growing Up Rock podcast with Stephen and Sonny.
Striper is uh, always consistent. I mean, they're just they're putting out the best uh, material of their career lately. Yeah, yeah. My number nine is British rocker Ches Kane. Can't wait to see her live. She's supposed to be on the next Mork, releasing her second studio album called Power Zone. Again, on Frontiers Records, it released in October. Uh, if you're a fan of 80s-style hard rock with like a Pat Benatar-type vocal, then there's no reason to hate on this. And the album cover, dude, the album cover even looks 80s. Danny Rexon from Crazy Licks helps produce, write songs, played all the instruments on the album, everything but like the saxophone. There's even a saxophone on this album. So if you like Crazy Licks and we love Crazy Licks around here, then that's good too. So I can't wait to see Chez live. I, there's some great songs on this album. My favorites are I Just Want You, I'm Ready, and then parentheses for your love. And then in parentheses, again, the thing we do when we're young. So great album by Chez. I like it better than the first album. This is Chez Kane, and you're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast. Now crank it up! Wow, so this is a surprise to me because the first record made your top 10 back, whatever, the year before last, whenever that was released. And 
I liked the first record a lot because for me, even though it had that 80s sort of flavor, it still had some really rocking guitar rocking tunes with this new record. I got to admit, I didn't spend as much time with it, but it fell short for me because I felt like it was really, really watered down where it didn't have that guitar edge for me like the first record did. So I was I was severely disappointed in this second record. I thought it was just too over the top 80s for me personally. Maybe I need to return to it and listen to it some more. I don't know. Yeah, like if you listen to it after Thunder Mother, let's say. Yeah, it's going to sound very, hell, it's going to sound Flock of Singles after Thunder Mother. <laughs> but that's, you know, you really can't, and not that you set Thunder Mother, but you can't really compare that. I just love that 80s sound. Right. And Chez is kind of just bringing it back, which I, I really like that. Right. I'll tell you what, I got to spend a little bit more time. I would do that anyway, because she is coming on the boat this year, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing her live as well. Yeah. And my number eight, let's face it, one of my man crushes, Jeff Scott Soto with Complicated, released in uh, May on Frontiers. Technically, it's Jeff's quote-unquote eighth solo studio album, but we all know he's got like 200 albums out there because he's the hired gun of all hired guns. Songs on this album are very much in the bang zone of what you normally hear on his solo albums, mostly hard rock, very melodic, great ballads, excellent riffs. Great vocal, hooks galore. That's just kind of what he does. If you're a deeper Jeff Scott Soto fan, this album has a ton of talisman feel, which to me is awesome because I love talisman. Over the years, Jeff has had tons of people help him on albums, but this time around, he's got Fabrizio Scadoni, Scadoni, I don't know, <laughs> on guitar, Alessandro Del Vecchio on keyboards and bass, and Edu Cominato on drums, which has been his drummer for a while now. My favorites on the album are Home Again, Last to Know, Disbelieving, Until I See You Again. We've spoken to Jeff tons of times. Look at the archives. There's all kinds of interviews, and we did an interview with him about this album specifically, but I've been spending a ton of time with it, and uh, I really like it. And before you uh, give me your thoughts on Jeff, I guess I forgot to say this. Basically, what I do is every Friday, Saturday, I listen to all the new albums that come out that I want to kind of give a shot to. Some people send me stuff. Sometimes I get some stuff on blogs and stuff I just kind of know is coming. And if I like the album on the first play, I drop it in my playlist on Spotify and I just hang on to it. And a lot of the times when I'm getting ready for work or if I'm just traveling somewhere in a plane or if I'm driving somewhere, I'll just put that playlist on shuffle and listen to it for a while, right? So that's how I kind of go back to the albums. If it didn't make it on the first play and it's a band that I really like, then I will give it a shot a couple of months later just to see if it lands differently. And then if it doesn't land, it doesn't get on that list. So that means it doesn't even have a shot to get in my top 10. I had 35 albums on that playlist that I whittled down to 10. So that's kind of how I do it. This is Jeff Scott Soto from Sons of Apollo, and you are listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with Stephen Michael and Hollywood Pooney. You better turn it up and keep it up.
So going back to that Jeff Scott Soda record, I think that's an awesome record. And in fact, it was one of the ones that bounced in and out and in and out of my top 10. Now, where it lands, we'll figure that out as we go along. But that record's a great record. And although I'm not as familiar with his solo career or talisman as you are, I don't even come close. I can tell you that when I was getting ready to do that interview with him based on this record solely, I was, I had the opportunity to listen to this record inside and out. And I did that a lot, and it really sank in with me. Uh, there's just, I mean, for the most part, I like the whole record. That's a great pick. I have no problem with that. I'm actually even surprised it might not be a little higher on your list, but damn good record. All right, so now let's get into my 10, 9, and 8. So before I give you my 10, 9, 8, I'll give you a little bit of background of how I went about picking these albums. So sort of like Sonny, I mean, I tried to take some best practices from, from my friend Pony there over the years. And as albums were released every Friday, during the weekend, I would throw what I wanted onto a list, throw the whole album on there, because I don't like to listen to just singles. I want to listen to an album from start to finish and see how it sits with me. If there's enough there, it'll bring me back to that album at some point, and I'll spend more time listening to that record. And I'll get into this as we go along, but I think that that is one of the things that's lacking today uh, that has severely hurt some of these records, because there are records that upon the first time I thought were okay, but as time went on, I really, really started to enjoy those records. Some people would say, well, you shouldn't have to work that hard to enjoy that, but I kind of disagree with that because even going back to when I was a kid, I didn't necessarily love a record from start to finish when I first heard it. It wasn't that I disliked it. It just took time to grow on me. And, and then, you know, the more listens that you give to an album, you either love it and it sticks with you and you keep going back to it throughout the years, or you just sort of forget about it and don't listen to it after those first few listens. And there's definitely some stuff on here that fell in that vein for me. So if I kept gravitating to it throughout the year, then that went on a tops of 2022 list for me. And then from there, I whittled down like about 20 albums to 15 and then got to my 10. And so there are, there are probably 20 total albums on that list and five of those albums went to the top 10 almost immediately and then another 10 of those sort of went back and forth for those last five slots in the top 10 so that's kind of how i did it so at number 10 is a band i did an interview with guitar player dan way back when but the band is devil's train and the album is ashes and bone and this is just a solid blues groove record from start to finish. And there is little to no rest on this record once you kick it on. Key songs for me are You Promise Me Love, Girl of South Dakota, More, and then they do an amazing cover of Cameo's Word Up. One of the best covers of, of Word Up I've ever heard anybody do. It's just killer. So Devil's Train at number 10 is an awesome rock record. What's happening, folks? This is Dan Bourne from Devil's Train, and you're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast. Y'all ready for some new music? 
Turn that shit up. One word on that record. Me. <laughs> Love you, Dan. <laughs> Speaking of meh from Sonny Pooney. So I have to bring this up before I get too much further into this uh, top 10. Sonny, a while back, we talked about a review that we had gotten from a gentleman. I assume it's a gentleman who said, uh, why do these guys have a podcast, right? They don't even like the music that they talk about. So why do they... Why do they have a podcast? And I think you and I commented on the podcast that generally this guy must not have listened to anything but one episode because clearly we do love the music that we talk about. We just don't love everything. You remember that conversation? Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Okay. Well, so <laughs> I get a new review on Podchaser. And this time, instead of one star, the guy gives us five stars. And it's the same guy. And he says, okay, fair is fair. And I'll paraphrase. I won't read it exactly note for note. But he said, fair is fair. I listened to more episodes. And I have to be honest, these guys really did grow on me. I, th I still think Sonny has his head up his ass as far as music. But then again, I think that's kind of the shtick is basically what he said. So in a sense, what he's saying is that he thinks that every time you uh, really shit on something, it's kind of your shtick. Is that it, Sonny? Uh, sure. If that makes you feel better. Because, <laughs> you know, you, you got a lot of stuff that's sort of meh. <laughs> I just don't love everything. <laughs> All 
I, I just said I like Fate's warning. Wasn't that enough? <laughs> Jeez. All right. So anyway, to that gentleman, I thank you for giving us a second shot. I'm glad that you're enjoying more episodes as you get into it. And uh, yeah, we like a lot of stuff. We don't like some stuff, but that should be just about everybody. So my number nine is The Dead Daisies Radiance. So this record, The First Dead Daisies with Glenn Hughes, I liked it, but for some reason it didn't stick with me. This latest Dead Daisies record, Radiance, I think just sonically sounds amazing. It's got grooves for days, and I just, I'm really, really digging on this record. I kept going back to it throughout the course of the year. Key tracks for me, Shine On, Kiss the Sun, and Born to Fly. This record just rocks to me. I think Doug Aldridge just brings a heavy hammer and lays down those riffs. And Glenn sounds great. I mean, he just sounds great. I've heard a lot of people say, well, it just sounds like another Glenn Hughes project and all his projects tend to sound the same. I don't necessarily agree with that because I was never a huge fan of like Black Country Communion and uh, uh, what was the other one he did? California something or other. But it just, it never sat with me that well, but I like this Dead Daisies uh, record quite a bit. Yeah, I wanted to like the Dead Daisies record. I just don't love Glenn Hughes. There is something about his vocal phrasing that I just cannot listen to for long periods of time. So like even this record, I liked Face Your Fear. I'm like, all right, that's good. Then Hypnotize Yourself. I'm like, okay, by the time Shine On came, I'm like, I can't listen anymore. 
It's just something about Glenn. I have always loved the Dead Daisies, and musically, the album absolutely rocks. My problem is anything Glenn is involved with, I just lose interest. All right, and then on to my number eight, uh, which is probably the first surprise of my top ten. My number eight is the Dan Reed Network and the latest album, Let's Hear It for the King. So I've been a fan going back to Dan Reed's first record way back in the 80s. And he's kind of stream before it stream. He's a little bit extreme. He's a little bit of Prince. He's a little bit of a lot of things. And I've said before, I've never been much of a lyric guy, but something about Dan Reed's lyrics draw me in. Now, for me, it's the music first, because that's what I gravitate to first. And then once I listen to the music quite a bit, then I'll start listening to lyrics and checking them out. And Dan talks about a lot of sort of deeper lyrics. I think he's uh, his heritage is American Indian, so he discusses a lot of that type stuff throughout his lyrics. But his music for me is just a mixture of funk and rock and R&B. And it's just it's this new album is probably the best album that he's put out since his first two albums, in my opinion. I really, really like Let's Hear It for the King. Key tracks for me are Starlight, Are You Ready, and Pretty Karma. This whole record from start to finish is just a great record.
I've not heard one note on this record, and that is the best sell job I have ever heard for the Dan Reed Network. Because everything you just said there should make me want to go check this out because those are all the things I like. So here's what I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm going to go listen to some Dan Reed because I love Prince. I love Extreme. I love Funk. I love the 80s. And I don't know if I can name one Dan Reed Network song. Yeah, and this is a record that as I was listening to it, I thought, you know, this is sort of a record Sonny should be a real fan of because there is, there's mixtures of prints throughout this record. So the band has been around for a very, very long time, and he's basically based out of Europe these days because that's the only place he really does business. And they put out the first three records, and Dan was really fed up with the music industry. He hated it. And so he basically disappeared. He left music for a long time. And then recently, like within the last 10 years, they sort of reunited the band. They put out an album a few years ago, and I thought it was okay, but it was nothing. It wasn't anything like this latest record. And this latest record captures a lot of the old spirit that was within those first three records. And it's just, yeah, I mean, you can hear it. You can hear it in his voice. You can hear it in some of the song structures. There's very, very much a lot of prints, and uh, obviously they were before Extreme. So it's a rock record. Don't get me wrong. It's completely a rock record, but it's not a metal record. It's not a, I wouldn't consider it a hard rock record. It's just a great rock and roll record, in my opinion. Okay, so my seven, six, and five. So my number seven. Bands from Germany, their third studio album, released on Rock of Angels Records. Devil's Train, I was fucking with you. Dude, I love this record. So, Dan, I hope you didn't stop listening, dude, because I actually ranked it higher. I've been listening to this record since June. They are like part BLS, part the Dead Daisies. They have this power metal vocal, which usually doesn't attract me. But, dude, I even like that dude's Mystic Prophecy stuff. I went back and they had a covers album that was awesome. So I'm with you. That cameo cover is awesome. Girl of South Dakota is awesome. And The Devil in the Blues is probably my favorite song on there. And the album cover would make a great t-shirt too. So yeah, I really like that album. And it was, I don't think I had even heard of it until you interviewed Dan. And then when I started listening, I'm like, man, that album is awesome. Good. I'm blind, Jake will change my life. Oh, shake 
And I would encourage people, you know, you can start with Ashes and Bones, great record. But once you do that, go back and check out the first couple of Devil's Training record, because if you like Ashes and Bone, you should like the other couple records as well. They're just, it's kick-ass rock and roll records. That's all. My number six, if Dylan's listening, you're going to hear this scream from Pennsylvania. Ah! Crowbot, their fifth studio album, Feel This, released on Mascot Records in June. From Pottsville, Pennsylvania, been around since 2011. And man, oh man, I have not stopped listening to this record, especially the first four tracks are just simply awesome. They got great vocal, meaty riffs. There's like this meaty groove to it. I tried some of their other stuff. I wasn't actually that into it. So I'm assuming Crobot has changed a little bit. Their songwriting's kind of grown over time. I, I was listening to it on Shuffle one day and Roxanne came on right after Crobot. And I'm like, oh my God. They've got a flavor of Roxanne. That's why I must like this record. So my favorite songs on there, Electrified, Set You Free, Dizzy, Better Times. And, you know, the album covers an ice cream cone with brass knuckle handles. I mean, it's awesome all the way around.
I want to see this band live. I've never seen them live. I'm thinking they're probably pretty good live. So I've never seen the band live. They're out there opening for somebody now recently. Like they're on some tour of somebody that I would go see. Uh, and in fact, they're playing here at some point in the near future. I just can't remember the tour they're on right now, but they're out there. I'm a fan of their first few records, actually. And I think I've probably played them on the podcast at one time or another way back in the past. This new record came out and I knew it was out, but I hadn't had a chance to check it out. And I knew that you had liked it because you're the one that bought it up to me. And I said, well, dang, let me go check this record out. And for whatever reason, I checked it out and it didn't stick with me. And I never got a chance to really go back to the record. And it doesn't mean that I dislike it. It just means I didn't spend any time with it. But typically, I like Crobot. So I got to check this record out again. It's one of the ones that's going to have to go in my up next play after this podcast and into the new year because I do like Crobot. I just didn't have a chance to spend any time with this record. And my number five might surprise you, might surprise some people. Because normally when a band's on Napalm Records, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Napalm has some interesting bands, but I'm going to go with the New Roses and their fifth studio album, Sweet Poison. Band from Germany, if you don't know them, been around about 15 years. The album surprised me because I literally don't know anything about the New Roses, never heard them. Saw they released a new album, want to give them a shot. Saw they're on Napalm Records. I'm like, oh, this is not going to be very good. Heard the vocalist right away. I'm like, ooh, that's not my usual sweet spot. I don't know. And then somehow the music, the vocal, every song I was listening to, I'm like, wow, who are these guys? It's like listening to stadium type rock with like a hint of country almost. They got some songs that are a mix of like Bon Jovi, Bob Seger, 38 Special. And just like everybody else, they've had a bunch of member changes over the time. But today's band is Timmy Ruff on vocals and guitar, Dizzy Daniels on guitar, Hardy on bass, and Urban Burrs <laughs> on drums. My favorite songs on the album are My Kind of Crazy, All I Ever Needed, and The Usual Suspects. My Kind of Crazy could be like a movie theme song. And All I Ever Needed, dude, it's more like a ballad. And I wanted not to like it because the vocalist is like a little raspier. And I'm like, I'm not going to like this. And somehow I couldn't help but like it. There is something about these guys that is just listenable and likable. So if you haven't tried it, Sweet Poison, The New Roses.
All right, so that new Roses record, Sweet Poison. I gave it a shot. I listened to it. One word. Meh. Really? (laughs) (laughs) And it's going to be your number one. Watch. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so my number seven, six, and five. At number seven, I've talked about it often. I think that the live aspect and the album aspect go hand in hand. I think back in the day when you had the opportunity to purchase a record, live with it, get to see the band in concert, it was a win-win situation all the way around. And your love for that band usually went into overdrive. So for me, I had that experience this year. Hailstorm. Now, I've seen them live in the past, but they released a new record this year, and the record stayed in my playlist pretty much the entire year. I just kept going back to it. Back from the Dead is the new record, and it was just, it's an awesome rock record. Heavy, quirky at times, just a great record. And I got to see the band live recently on this tour and it went hand in hand. I loved it. Loved them live. Loved the record live. Loved the new songs live. For me, key tracks, Back from the Dead, the title track. I absolutely love Strange Girl and Bombshell. Quirky songs, but fun, rocking tunes. So Hailstorm, it's usually my partner, Pooney, that's talking about them but I'm going to sing their praises in this top 10. And that was my number seven record for 2022. Do I make you nervous? Do I make you scared? Do I make you want to just stop and stare? Rupers are unusual, spinning sick, atypical. A perfect picture of your fucking worst nightmare. Such a strange girl, such a strange girl The world needs strange girls 
going to number six. This is a record that's been out since really the beginning of the year. Their last record fell in my top 10, uh, I don't know, a couple years ago, 2019, I want to say. And they recently were signed by Frontiers Records. This is the only Frontiers Records on my top 10. Gersh and the Chronicle, Hail to the Heroes, is my number six album. I'm Not the Devil, Love's Damnation, and Lover's Train are key tracks for me. Now, one of the issues with Gersh and the Chronicle that I think my partner Sonny Pooney has is that the singer tends to scream a lot, and he's not wrong. When they do the heavier stuff, and they've got some really heavy stuff, he tends to kind of stretch that a little bit. I'm a little bit bigger fan of the tunes like Love's Damnation, Lover's Train, where it's really riff-oriented, but there's more of a pocket groove, and it's sort of a little bit more melodic rock where he's actually singing. And for me, that's kind of more the case than the heavier stuff. But Hail to the Heroes is another great record for me from Gersh and the Chronicles. Absolutely love it. Hey, everyone. This is Girish from Girish and the Chronicles, and you're listening to Growing Up Rock Podcast with Stephen Michael. Well, crank it up. <laughs>
And at number five is, well, Poonie's number five, The New Roses. Of course, I was just kidding with you. That New Roses record, Sweet Poison, is killer. I freaking love it. I've been a New Roses fan since that last record. Actually, a couple of records they put out a couple of records ago. That's where I first discovered them. I think they're an amazing band, amazing newer band. They write great songs, songs like My Kind of Crazy, The Usual Suspects, War Paint, Sweet Gloria. Sweet Gloria, I could totally hear Rod Stewart doing. So they have that kind of uh, faces, Rod Stewart, Stones. I hear old, great Bon Jovi in a lot of the melodies. To me, they write really, really good rock songs with good hooks. Yeah, it's just a great album. The New Roses, Sweet Poison is my number five. Okay, so going with Hailstorm, I'll just say I love Joe, Josh, RJ, and Lizzie, and there's no reason to hate on that album. The Garish and the Chronicles, I really want to like the Indian Brothers, I'll tell you, but it's just not melodic enough for me. I liked the last album a little bit better, and I was hoping that they would go into like this melodic area, and they instead almost went to more the power metal area, and I'm just like, eh. 
I, I did like Love's Damnation. That's probably the, uh, my favorite song on the album, but I tried it a couple of times and I just could not connect. And then, of course, we already talked about the News Roses. So I like, I mean, I, I like some of the stuff Grish is doing, but it's just, I wish it was more melodic. And honestly, I think that's him more than anything, because I think that he's the one that's really into the heavier stuff, the Maiden, the Priest, the stuff like that, based on my conversation that I had with him earlier in the year on this record. That seems to be where his influences come from, whereas his brother, who produced the record and the, and the guitar player, are more into sort of that melodic metal type area. Yeah, and I think they're... Like some of the bands he was talking about in that interview, dude, are straight like death metal, <laughs> right? So the competition that they got, I don't think there's a lot of melodic rock coming out of India right now. Correct. Yeah. So Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. All right. So let's take a break out from this episode to thank our friends over at the Grown Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook group. Appreciate the conversations. Appreciate you guys taking part in some of the surveys and some of the things that we have going on based around the podcast. Thank you guys for your feedback and commenting on the episodes. I appreciate each and every one of you guys. Again, if you want to help the podcast, you can always do so by leaving us a five-star review at Podchaser or Apple Podcast. It always helps us out. Five stars helps us out. Two stars doesn't. But if you're like our friend there that left us a one or two-star but came back and left us five stars, hey, it's a wash. So appreciate it. Appreciate the feedback. And yeah. That's pretty much it. It's been a great year. There's amazing amount of new rock and roll that's coming out, killer records. And, you know, for those that think rock is dead, far from it. So, yeah, keep doing what you do. Keep listening to rock and roll. And we will get back to this episode. So my number four, three, and two, my number four, I'm going to go with Heat. Seven studio album, Force Majeure, released on On Air Music in August. We've talked a ton about Heat in the past couple of years. They may be new to some of you, hailing from Sweden, been around since 2007. And if you didn't know, their former singer, Eric Gronwall, is now the new singer in Skid Row. So Heat went and reunited with the Old Flame original singer, Kenny Lecromo. And uh, I know both you and I were worried that they're bringing Kenny back. And it's like, oh, is he still going to rock? Because those first two albums with Kenny, a little more popular. But I think we were both pleasantly surprised because the album absolutely kicks ass. Great vocal, great mix of guitar and keyboards, melodies, hooks all over the record. To me, the best songs on the album are Tainted Blood, Nationwide, Back to the Rhythm, and Hollywood. The power 
my number three is going to surprise some people because it surprises me. <laughs> but for some reason, I keep going back to it. Fortune Child, Close to the Sun, released on Raw Records in March. I don't know anything about this band. As far as I can tell, they're brand new. They got established like a year ago, which is surprising because the songwriting feels like they've been together for years. So I might be wrong on that. But the music is like gritty rock and roll, lots of soul and blues, and just overall groove. So like I, I talk about the blender a lot. So like throw in a blender, Led Zeppelin, the Black Crows, Jimi Hendrix, ZZ Top, Leonard Skinner. And that's what you kind of, you got to get Fortune Child. So it's got this great, like Christian Powers on vocals, just awesome. Got, just, just such a gritty, perfect vocal for the music that they're doing. Uh, Buddy on guitar, Melanie on drums, John Ward on bass. To me, the best songs on the album are The Way, Don't Shoot Me Down, and Slow Down. Eight songs, 33 minutes, quick listen. Definitely, definitely worth it. Fortune Child, Close to the Sun. My number two, I'm going to go with Dorothy, Gifts from the Holy Ghost, released on Rock Nation's Records in April. It's their studio album, a third studio album from the band, originally from Los Angeles, formed about eight years ago. The music's on, you know, the melodic side, great vocal melodies, nice, quick, compact rock songs, and then some great, like, mid-tempo songs, and then some really emotional ballads. The album was written after their guitar tech overdosed on the tour bus. So you can kind of feel some of the emotions in the vocal and the delivery and the, just the music overall. Definitely a surprise of the year for me because I did not super enjoy the first two albums. I, I've tried Dorothy before and I, I just it didn't hit me. They've had a few member changes. So right now it's Dorothy Martin on vocals, Devin Pangle on guitar, Eli Wolfmeyer on guitar, Elliot Lorango on bass, Jason Gangberg on drums. And to me, the best songs on the album are Rest in Peace, A Beautiful Life, Black Sheep, and Touched by Fire. Ten songs, 
36 minutes, quick listen, my kind of album. I have not seen Dorothy live yet because those first two albums didn't super connect with me, but now I definitely want to see them live. Man, their songwriting has changed a bit. At least it caught my ear differently. What's done is done Left it by the road with the crows and the dust Heart so hollow, deep as a cave One day I'll be dancing on your grave Taking it back, the life you stole Every little piece you took of my soul Now I lay you down to sleep And I pray with the devil you rest in peace You can't hang your chain What do you think about Heat, Fortune Child, and Dorothy? Okay. So for me, those are great selections. Heat is what it is. Look, if you're if you're a listener to this podcast, we've talked about Heat and nauseam. So <laughs> we're both Heat fans, and Force Majeure is a fantastic record. I mean, Sonny said everything there was to say about this record. I agree with everything Sonny has said. It's a great record. If you uh, like the podcast that we've done in the past where we've talked about this record in particular, I had Dave DeLome on talk about the record. It's just a great record. Go check out Heat Force Majeure. Fortune Child, <laughs> Close to the Sun. I'm not familiar with this band or this album in any way, shape, or form. I've never heard it on the lips of you or anyone else for that matter. So much like the Dan Reed Network, which at least you've heard, Fortune Child, I have no clue about. However, just like the cell job I did on Dan Reed, I liked everything that you mentioned in this Fortune Child record. So that's going to go on a playlist for me. Is it a record that I'm going to like, Pooney? What do you think? I think you will. Okay. 
I'm going to check this record out because I've, I've honestly, I've never heard of this record at all. I've never heard anybody talk about this record. What record is this for them? Is it a brand new band or? Uh, as far as I can tell they're new, but I don't know because the songwriting doesn't feel like that. Hmm. But when you hear the first couple of songs, you're going to be like, who the hell are these guys and how the hell did I miss them? Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. And so down to your number two, Dorothy gifts from the Holy ghost. Wow. What a record. This record is unbelievable. And I'm going to get to it in a little bit because that's on my list too. Spoiler alert. But it's it's coming up. So Gifts from the Holy Ghost by Dorothy. I sort of fall in the same boat as Sonny. I actually have seen them live, but I saw them on a festival. They were like one of the first bands on this festival. They played for about 30 minutes and they were decent. But a lot of the material from those first two records really doesn't connect with me. Uh, there are a few good songs on those first couple of records, but nothing to the degree of this latest record for me personally. So to me, great three picks. And I would support any of those. Well, Fortune Child, I have to, I have to listen to, to to support it, but it's on my list. So I'm going to check that out. All right. On to my number four, three, and two. So my number four, this band should be no surprise to anybody that they're on my list. They've appeared on my list just about every time they put out a record. There's just something about this band's music, and I keep going back to it. And to me, the songwriting just keeps getting better and better. And the singer is amazing. And that's Thunder A Mother. Black and Gold is the latest record. To me, it's just awesome from start to finish. I like every song on it. I even like some of the slower tunes that are on it because I think Guernica is just an amazing singer. Key tracks for me are Black and Gold, I Don't Know You, and Watch Out. And I know that this band, for the most part, kind of has that ACDC vibe that's hanging over their head. And it's true. A lot of their music does fall in that vein, which is fine with me because that's what I like. But to me... Their last couple of records have gone beyond that. There's songs that are out of character that are not in that vein where there's better hooks and just certain things going on within that music that just I think is is beyond just a normal ACDC type vibe. Uh, that's just me personal, but I really like Black and Gold. I may actually like Black and Gold better than Heat Wave, which was the last record they put out. And I really like Teatwave. So that's uh, Thunder Mother at number four. Hi, guys. This is Guernica Mancini, singer in the band Thunder Mother. And you're listening to Growing Up Rock Podcast with Stephen Michael. Make sure to crank it up.
At number three, Sonny's already talked about it. Heat, force majeure. For me, the key tracks, Tainted Blood, Not For Sale, Harder To Breathe, Wings Of An Airplane. I absolutely love this record. Like Sonny said, there was a lot of concern after Eric left the band because that last Heat record, Heat 2, for me, was my album of the year that year. It was a killer record from start to finish. And Force Majeure, I think, is just about as strong. There's a couple of songs on there that are kind of iffy for me. But other than that, I really, really like that Heat record a lot. And I listened to that Heat record a ton this year because we had it. Well, I had it a while before it came out because I was preparing for the interview. And then when the record came out, I just kept listening to it. So for me, Heat Force Majeure, number three. number two record and i go from one heat singer to the new heat singer and i'm gonna go with that skid row the gang's all here i know there are mixed feelings on this record i read nothing but good reviews from a lot of people for a while but then there started to be people that were like ah this record doesn't do anything for me people that i would expect to like it didn't like this record so i don't really necessarily get it but I've listened to this record front to back a lot since it came out. And for me, 
It's their best record since Slave to the Grind, easily. I just think it's a great record, and it doesn't all come down to Eric. I think Eric does a great job, but these songs were written before Eric was even singing them. So I just like the songs. I think that the producer did a really good job to get them back to that area where they were producing music like the first two albums. And I think this album is kind of a combination of those first two records for me personally. Key tracks for me, Hell or High Water, Resurrected I like a lot, Tear It Down I like a lot. This record from start to finish, and it's an easy listen because, I don't know, it's less than 40 minutes long. So I can appreciate that as well. Skid Row, the gang's all here. I got to see them live not too long ago. And again, it's kind of that live and album aspect that I talked about with the Hailstorm. So I have that visual to go along with the record. I just think the record's really good. So that is my four, three, and two. Thunder Mother, Heat, Skid Row. So I already talked about the heat, obviously. The Thunder Mother record fell outside my top 20s. Remember, I kind of got it down to 30, then went to 20, went to 10. I like some of that uh, album for sure, and it was in the running. And then the Skid Row just missed my top 10. My favorite songs on there are Hell or High Water, The Gang's All Here, and Time Bomb. I will tell you the Skid Row record, I was not in love with it the first time I heard it through. It was two or three listens, and I don't know if Eric's not the singer if I give it two or three listens, to be honest with you. But uh, because I did, I actually started to like it a lot more. So, you know, for those guys that maybe gave it that first listen and wasn't in love with it, you might want to just give it another shot because I had to do it too. Okay, so our number ones. So I'm going to tell you that my number one is my number one by a country mile. The other nine records don't even touch it. It's not even close. It's great music overall. 
the vocal melodies span the spectrum. Whether you like hard rock, rock, pop, coffee house, acoustic, piano ballads, you get it all. And if you haven't spent the 38 minutes to listen to 11 tracks on this album, you are absolutely missing out. There is no reason to hate on Hailstorm Back from the Dead. The minute Atlantic released it in May, I have been listening to it nonstop. Just got goosebumps telling you that by a country mile, my number one. My favorite songs on there are I Come First, Raise Your Horns, The Steeple, Terrible Things, Back from the Dead. Amazing, amazing album. Should be on a lot of number ones this year, I hope. And I'm glad that Hailstorm's out there. Fifth studio album in 13 years, and they're getting their due, and they're headlining tours. And man, it feels great to be a Hailstorm fan. go i think i called that when that didn't show up earlier in your list (laughs) (laughs) i knew that it was going to be in your top 10 just a question of where it fell so there you go at number one and my number one shall be no surprise to anybody as i kind of gave it away a little bit earlier but dorothy gifts from the holy ghost i absolutely keep going back to this record Time and time and time and time again. It just is a fantastic record. There's so many hooks. There's so many well-written songs on this record. Beautiful Life, Touched by Fire, Hurricane, Rest in Peace. There's so much emotion, great vocals. I got probably, I want to say three or four songs 
on various playlists that I have that I put in the car when my wife's in the car with me. And every time a Dorothy song comes on, my wife will go, who's this again? And usually when she says, who's this again? That means she likes it. Whatever's going on, that means she likes it. So time and time again, she keeps gravitating to the Dorothy, which means there's something within those songs that are striking a nerve with people. And like Sonny said earlier, there's the motion, there's enough guitar for me to keep me rocking. There's a lot of hooks and ins and outs and ups and downs. But for me, I like the whole thing. And I know that probably that's, that's probably a surprise for a lot of people. Loved the Dorothy album, so I already talked about that. Okay, so some just misses. And I probably had about 20, 22 albums that had a serious shot. But the three that got bounced when the three records came out in October, so the New Roses, the Ches Kane, and the Striper record all came out in October. If they had not come out, then these three would have made my top 10. And that one is the Skid Row record. The other one's the Crash Diet record, Automation. Mm -hmm. uh, some great songs on there, Together, Whatever, Shine On, Dead Crusade. And the Sunstorm record, Brothers in Arms. The title track's great, Games We Play, I Keep Holding On. So those were probably the three, those were definitely the three that got kind of bounced right out of the gate. But I want to mention two other ones. I already mentioned Kings of Mercia. I want to mention two others. And they're both probably surprises for what people know me to be. One is Five Finger Death Punch. Dude, that Afterlife record is really good. So I don't know how many Five Finger Death Punch fans we got listening to us, but welcome to the circus, times like these, and thanks for asking. Dude, those songs are great on that album. 
And then I am a new fan of Marcus King. So I didn't know a ton about him, but listening to that Youngblood record, man, is it great. Just super blues. It's too late. Lie, lie, lie. Blood on the tracks. Great songs. It had a serious shot to make the top 10. Uh, I've been listening to that record a lot. And uh, I just started listening to the Disturbed record that came out in November, uh, Divisive. It's pretty good. It's, you know, normal Disturbed if you like Disturbed. But uh, um, those were the ones that basically missed my top 10. How about you? All right. So, yeah, I got a bunch. One record I want to mention off the top of my head that was because I didn't know that much about it, but I like the artist and I like his past work was Tuck Smith and the Restless Heart, Ballad of Misspent Youth. That record is a really good listen. It's eight songs. It's like 30 minutes or less. And to me, it's just a great record. Now, I went back and forth with Loose Cannon over there at Cobras and Fire about it being an EP. It's not an EP. It's got eight songs on it. It's an album. Yes, it is a short album, but an EP, typically three to five songs, not eight songs. So you're wrong, Cannon. Anyway, uh, that's a great record. Tuck Smith and the Restless Heart. Others that just missed. Madhouse, Down and Dirty. That record is killer. If you're into sleaze rock, that record is killer. The only issue I have with sleaze rock bands is a lot of times the vocalist sort of starts to wear on me after a certain period of time. And it's just kind of that whiny, nasally voice that a lot of the sleaze artists have. And Madhouse is kind of similar to that, but the music, the riffs, killer. I like that Madhouse record, Down and Dirty. Another one for me is Kissing Dynamite, Not to the End of the Road. That was a great record. That came out much earlier in the year. It just didn't stick with me throughout the year, which is why it didn't end up making my top 10. But it's still a solid record. I'd be crazy if I didn't mention Saxon Carpe Diem. I know it's one of Sonny's favorite bands, but they put out another solid rock record. Uh, they've been putting out some of the best uh, material of their career, the last three or four records that they've put out. Uh, this one, for whatever reason, just didn't stick with me. I didn't spend as much time with it. There was so much other stuff coming out. And I think our tastes change as, as time goes on. I know a lot of people were like, oh, this new Megadeth record is the greatest Megadeth record ever. It's a great record. That may be the case, but for me, I just don't listen to a ton of that kind of stuff anymore. So Megadeth didn't really have a shot at making my top 10. I think it's just where you're at particularly as far as your tastes go at the time uh, that you're listening to a lot of these records. And you sent me a list. Let me see if I can find that list. You sent me a list at one point because you do a much better job at keeping track of records than I do that come out. And you had a list of 270 albums throughout the course of the year that came out. It's just impossible with the way things are to keep up with every record release that comes out and then be able to spend any amount of time within reason before the next record comes out. And there's just not enough time in the day for me to listen from start to finish to a record and spend, you know, time listening to it time in, time out. I saw scorpions on a lot of people's list. I made a big deal about that earlier in the year because I just thought it was a horrible record. But after going back to it several times, at least I think it's a Scorpions record now. It's just, you know, maybe not my thing right now. That Megadeth record, there's one major issue with it. Otherwise, it would be great. What, Dave singing? Dave singing. Dave Mustaine, period. 
just get rid of Dave. I'm sure Megadeth would be awesome. I don't know. I mean, look, I've liked stuff in the past. I liked probably, as far as Megadeth goes, I liked the stuff that was more like Countdown to Extinction, uh, Euthanasia. That was more uh, the type Megadeth that I enjoyed. And then, you know, the heavier stuff, I just don't, I don't listen to a whole lot of that stuff these days. I'm interested once they put out that new Metallica because that new Metallica song was good. I just don't know how much I'll listen to it uh, once it's out. Yeah. Because I am uh, a little nuts with kind of following up on Fridays of all the new stuff that comes out, I want to mention a couple other things. So there was an EP by a band called Palace that came out. That's an EP of covers. Yeah. Dude, uh, Mr. Mr.'s Curie's on there. Yeah. And they do uh, Sister Christian. Awesome, awesome covers on that. I'm going to tell you about a live album. Kotzen and Adrian Smith released, Smith and Kotzen released a live album called Better Days and Nights. It's pretty good. It's like five songs. And uh, a couple of songs. I didn't love that new Queensryche album. I just didn't. But man, Todd LaTorre singing the Rebel Yell. Dude came out awesome on that album. I think it's my favorite song on that album. Right. So I, I like a lot of covers and especially when they're done well. So that's why I'm kind of talking about the covers. And if we have even one Morris day fan out there, Morris day released a new album this year and there is a, yeah. And there is a song on there called too much girl for me featuring Billy Gibbons. And it is an awesome song that Morris album about half of it. I really liked he wrote it well and had some guests help him out. And I'm like, man, Morris, you still got a little bit of funk. I have to check that out. I like Morris Day. I've always liked Morris Day. Yeah. Like I said, I can't, there's no live albums off the top of my head that I can remember. No EPs. I'm sure once we're done recording this, a billion will pop up, but that's always kind of the way. Songs worth mentioning. I really, really like that new LA Maybe song, Down to Fight. I think that's a great tune. I hope the record's going to be good once that comes out. But uh, as you heard um, Dallas talk about in our Christmas episode, uh, basically, they're just going to release songs uh, throughout the course of the year leading up to a record maybe next year or so. Um, I would say the new Metallica song, Everybody is Head Over Heels over this song. I think it's a really good tune. I think it sounds a little bit maybe even sort of like something that came from Kill 'Em All a little bit. It had that vibe to me anyway, but we'll see how that new record is. I enjoyed their last record, so we'll see. But like I said, that's just not, that's not typically my jam these days. Uh, so I don't know. I, I can assure you this, that in 2023, there'll be a lot of great rock and roll that gets released. Uh, it never fails how many bands and how many great albums are released every year, even when they've said rock is dead, but, uh, it is what it is. So from this episode, it looks like I've got a couple of records that I got to go back to and check out. And then I've got one new band in fortune child that I have to go spend some time with because that was one that I didn't know at all. All right. So let's connect it to kiss. It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. 
So for the historic moment, Corey Taylor released. Now, Corey Taylor calls it an EP, but it has nine songs on it. So who am I to argue with Corey Taylor? But anyway, the EP is called CMF B-Sides, and there's nine cover songs on there, including Holier Than Thou by Metallica, Shaken by Eddie Money, Lunatic Fringe by Red Rider, On the Dark Side by John Cafferty and the Bieber Brown Band. The band on the album, Christian Martucci on guitar, Zach Throne on guitar, Jason Christopher on bass, Dustin Robert on drums, and Corey Taylor handling the vocals, and one of the covers they did on CMF B-Sides is the KISS classic, Got to Choose.
I like the version. I think they play it pretty close to the vest except for the end, right? They kind of speed it up and go into their thing at the end, but I thought it was pretty good. What about you? Uh, That whole album's pretty good. Corey has a cool voice. It's just that I'm not in love with everything Slipknot does. I like Stone Stour. I'm not in love with anything Slipknot does. I I can handle some of it. I I do like Stone Sour better than Slipknot, and I think most of our friends probably say the same thing because they're melodic rock fans. Uh, but there's something about Corey Taylor that, like, if he played live around here, I would go see him because he's a fan of a lot of the music I listen to. And, I mean, he did Shaken by Eddie Money, dude, like, as a cover. That's awesome, right? So there's just something about Corey Taylor that's likable. Corey Taylor is a music fan, a lot like Dave Grohl is a music fan. Corey Taylor is somebody I'd be happy to hang out with because I think we'd have a lot of great music conversations. Corey Taylor's music, I do not like in any way, shape, or form. Not Stone Sour, <laughs> not Slipknot. I don't dig it. Not my thing. No offense to Corey Taylor. But that's just me. I'm more than happy to hang out with the dude, and he likes a lot of the stuff I like. But, yeah, I just don't – I can't get into any of that stuff. And uh, maybe I just haven't given the proper amount of time to sl- – uh, not Slipknot, but uh, Stone Sour. But – the two or three things I've heard, I, I thought, you know, they're okay, but not enough for me to spend time with. Yeah. <laughs> so just like you said, rock is definitely not dead. You know, I'm not going to steal loose cannons or Baco's lines, but rock isn't dead. I mean, it's, you have to look for a little bit. There's no doubt about that. I've kind of got a bang zone now of where I can go to kind of find some of the albums that got released, but I miss on some. Right. I still don't catch it all. And I caught 270 of it. I will tell you, we've got some listeners that continue to send me stuff and says, Hey, this sounds like heat. This sounds like eclipse. This sounds like, um, hailstorm. That's the common one. This one sounds like, I I think my hit rates like 20%, two out of 10 times. The person who sent it to me, I believe is on the right track. The other five out of those other eight, I think people are just messing with me. And the other three, I think just maybe don't listen to Hailstorm that often. Um, (laughs) But uh, so I've given a lot of things a chance. And then I do a good job of giving a band a chance that I don't normally listen to. I don't listen to Five Finger Death Punch normally. So I don't have a reason to give the thing a chance, but I'm like, it came out. I should at least listen. I listen to Welcome to the Circus. I'm like, Okay, maybe I should listen to more Five Finger Death Punch. Am I missing on something here? Right? So, you know, you just, like you said, maybe it's your tastes grow over time. And, you know, probably the only Megadeth song I liked was that war song. What was that? What was that song? Uh, Peace Cells. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was probably the only song I liked. But I just never been a Mustaine fan, so I don't think anything's going to change that. I hear you. I do enjoy doing these episodes each year, and I enjoy, like I said, more or less checking out everybody else's episodes to hear, you know, what people are liking and find the stuff that I missed. Uh, I always check out that what Sleaze Rock top 10 or top 20 list uh, that they put out every year. You know, that's the way that I find bands and and, uh, that in the Facebook groups. And then I go from there and try to listen to them in the new year. So. Yeah, I'm more the Facebook group and our friends and our podcasting friends. I tend to listen to those top tens with more open ears. The Sleaze Rock, the Rolling Stones, the all those guys, I don't know if they're getting paid. I don't know what their angle is. I don't 
So I just really don't pay much mind to those people saying who their top 10 is. Well, Rolling Stone, any of that crap, who cares about them? But the Sleaze Rock, yeah. I, I think it's, I think the guy's name is like Oliver Sleaze or something like that. I don't know, but I, I think he's no different than us. I think he just, you know, he likes what he likes. Uh, so I think he's similar to us. It's just instead of a podcast, he runs a website. So I, I consider that trustworthy. And, and I've found some bands off of their top 20 list every year that I check out and end up liking. So, but you know, you do you, you guys have to like and listen to what you listen to. And if it makes your top 10, then good for you. You know, I, we can't all be in agreement upon everything. Uh, and so hopefully you guys found some stuff on our list that you will enjoy checking out. And hopefully we end up finding stuff on your list that, uh, we'll give a chance to. So Tops of uh, 2022 is in the books. That's it. Let me ask you this before we let it let it go. Have you ever gone back to one of the tops of 20, you know, tops of uh, the year things that we've done like maybe five years ago and listened to it four years ago, whatever? I haven't lately. I did a couple of years ago just to see how the episode, I think when we did our second or third one, I'm like, how'd that first one sound? Do we need to make any changes? But I don't usually go back. I do it sometimes for, uh, like the trivia episodes. Cause I'm like, Oh, I remember that trivia episode came out good. What did I put in those? Right. And I'll go listen to that. But otherwise I just kind of go forward. I'm just curious to go back and listen to one that we did three or four years ago and hear what our, each of our top 10 was and, and see if those records are good or not. <laughs> yeah. My guess is, you know, we go back to something three, four, five years ago. I was still considered lovable at that time. I am now the villain and people <laughs> like a villain. So I'll play the villain if people want me to. I don't care. <laughs> oh God. God love you. Anyway, <laughs> another year in the books. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you all have a great new year. Uh, we're just getting started in 2023. So lots of episodes coming up and we got our album series, which we're not going to spill the beans on quite yet, but it's coming up. We've got another album series to do in 2023. It's going to be a little bit different of what we've done in the past. Last year's Def Leppard was quite successful and now on to 2023. So listen out for that in upcoming episodes. And that's it. You have anything to add, Mr. Pooney? Nope. Have a great new year and we will see you again soon. See ya. Later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys.
please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.